All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can you see Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season capital H capital S all one word Hockey Season that will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr 
ZephyrEpic.com. Zephyr Epic has got you covered for all of your trading card needs, whether it be the Pokemon cards, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, the hockey cards, the football cards, the basketball cards. It does not matter. Zephyr Epic has got it, and you need to check them out. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Go give them a follow. They got lots of giveaways. They got lots of good stuff going on at Zephyr Epic. The best part about Zephyr Epic, in our opinion, is that they ship free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from... From Campbell River, which is on Vancouver Island, shout out, all the way to Cold Lake, Alberta. From Campbell River to Cold Lake, Zephyr Epic ships free on any order over $50, so go check them out, Zephyr Epic. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. How cold do you think the lake is there in Cold Lake, Alberta, for them to name the city about it? We've got so much going on, and you're asking about Cold Lake. Yeah. Well, it's got to be cold. I would imagine. All right. You missed your ding-dong. I'll try again. No, We're I also did. delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. I'm just stuck. I can't believe this place is called Cold. The lake has to be so cold. Ding dong, DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, we have no time to waste. Dude, the record low in Cold Lake, Alberta, the coldest it's ever been, minus 48.3 degrees. That's very cold. That's cold. No wonder it's called Cold Lake. All right. Very busy day today, Chris. Uh, We are recording this moments after chatting with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin at Rogers Arena. Chris, I think the biggest news of the day for us, at least, new media room. Well, the, yeah, every, all you guys in the media, I, I was like, okay, great. The The media room's fine for me. It's well, nothing special. Well, you're going to be there a lot more next year. Yeah, that's and, true. And you don't understand the pain that we uh, went here through. Here we go. On morning skates, you go down, you're looking for a workspace. It's covered because like, they got 9canucks.com. You, you and your canucks.com friends... Uh, your your coworkers, Cha-ching, baby. Actually, like like all of them, they're all very nice people. But yep. they don't have. I, I mean, I, I don't know if they have offices. If they do, that's more egregious than ever because, you know, it, it's very full in the media room. Is what I'm trying to say. And Jim said we've got a new one coming. Jim Rutherford said we've got a new one coming. And and beyond that, the the ones that matters more to fans. Practice rink. Jim Rutherford talked about the necessity of bringing in a practice rink, uh, upgrading the locker room, kind of laughed at the locker room the Canucks have right now and said it's outdated and needs to be upgraded. Uh, They're going to upgrade basically uh, most of the team facilities. It sounded like from the way that he spoke about kind of like the way he was using his hands to show us which area, it sounded like about a quarter of the... Of the bottom part of Rogers Arena there is yeah, getting redone. The zero level. So so fans don't usually see it, but regardless, it's the locker room, uh, it's the place where the players work out, revamping all of that. They're gonna they're gonna do all of that. And Rutherford said changes would also be coming to Abbotsford. Uh, kind of joked around that it's a little bit hard in Abbotsford because uh, you need to tear out a bunch of walls if you're gonna make any real change in Abbotsford. But they are gonna upgrade the facilities in both places. Uh, talked about how it's good to attract players uh, when you have facilities like that. And, oh, and the absolutely. players that you do have here, they like coming to work. They like that. Uh, they, they like everything about being a Canuck. Yeah. I was thinking like, imagine if you're a player that gets your first NHL game and no offense to your little eight ranks out there in Burnaby. Imagine if you're like, get Vancouver, you're in this Aquilini tower here where you're staying or whatever. You're in your first little spot. And the first thing that you learn about the H or the NHL is like, Oh yeah, but we have to go out to, 
drive you know 45 minutes out to to burnaby to go to this rink out here that watch it that isn't that great there's no locker room there or anything like i i think that yeah upgrading this and it sounded like there was a lot of promise in the way that jim rutherford was speaking about it he was saying that this is an ongoing conversation that they've been having and it looks like they're down to just a couple spots here to kind of decide where the practice ring is going to be that's going to be massive that is what nhl teams should have if you're an nhl organization and you run your organization well a practice rink is essential and i think moving that for the for the vancouver canucks in the future hopefully the near future is exciting to hear for the organization and to hear that there's going to be a massive changes to what that zero level looks like there the the ice level uh, for media for the players for the i know you mentioned the medical staff as well how much easier it would be for them really good news because this is what we've all wanted to see a president do to the vancouver canucks organization and jim rutherford definitely talked the talk and has walked the walk so far with what he's done with vancouver he's really stepped up and, and improved this organization or at least promised to include the improve this organization as we move forward and he was asked about managing up managing up with francesco aquilini as the owner and he said it's not been a problem at all. I mean, it, he even kind of joked and said, like, you know, Aquilini's been happy to spend money. He's like, if, if you can be happy about spending money, that's what Francesco Aquilini has done. So you have to look at things as a positive with how different this organization can feel at the end of the year availability when you have a president and you have a management group that, like, to me, hearing Jim Rutherford talk today, just taking the whole thing, the whole press conference there. He is he is a confident speaker, obviously. He's also an extremely smart hockey mind. He knows what makes organizations tick. And he's so honest. But when you're when you're that smart of a hockey mind in management and you're in a president's role, like to me, everything he said, there were some things that was like, you know, if you heard a different general manager say that or a different person, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like that's a huge story. But because Jim Rutherford's so honest. And he's been around the game so long, he can be 100% honest because he just knows. That's the type of hockey mind that he is. He can be 100% honest because we should all trust that he knows what's best for an NHL organization. And I think he did a lot of that today. And there was a lot of quotes that definitely caught fire. And it was because it was some really important stuff for the Vancouver Canucks organization. I thought it was an excellent press conference, as I was expecting to see today. Kind of crazy that we're coming out of a press conference where the fan favorite coach and Bruce Boudreaux uh, yesterday when we spoke to him, said he wants to come back, thinks the organization wants him back, uh, so he's hopeful something gets done. Jim Rutherford today, flat out saying when he was asked that the Canucks are not looking to extend Bruce Boudreau. Uh, for those that don't know, Bruce Boudreau has a one-year deal with a club and coach option. So Boudreau has an option uh, and the Canucks have an option. They have until June 1st to decide. So essentially, the ball is now in Bruce Boudreau's court he has until June 1st to tell the Canucks if he is going to return as head coach. Now, Rutherford talked about how if Boudreaux comes back next year, yes, it's a one-year deal, but he wouldn't view him as a lame duck coach. And he talked about players giving up on a coach, and that's kind of a lame duck situation. And he's, you know, he pointed to Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh uh, and said, you know, it was never a lame duck situation. Um, with Bruce Boudreaux, I think a lot of fans want to see him back. I think you want to see him for, uh, I think a lot of fans want to see him long-term. Uh, Rutherford's thinking very adamant on it. Very, uh, very honest in his thinking that he didn't do it for a full season. Boudreaux coached well, but he did not do it for a full season. And the Canucks would simply like to see him do it for a full season before 
they commit to him yeah. long term. And another interesting thing, Chris, a lot of talk about structure and the way this team plays. Uh, Rutherford talking quite a bit about, um, you know, about how the Canucks are horrible at breaking out of their own end. He, he even said they're probably the worst in the league yeah. at breaking the puck out of their own end. We'll run the clip in a second here, but to speak on the Bruce Boudreaux situation with the future with the Canucks, I mean, Jim Rutherford said it. The quote that he had was, we would be willing to have him back under the contract that he agreed to when he came here. And that is going to set up with an option for, obviously, like you mentioned, June 1st, both sides. And I found it interesting because Rutherford went back and told a story about Mike Sullivan and how he won a Stanley Cup and they didn't change the contract. He won another Stanley Cup. They didn't change the contract. Then he was going into a contract year after winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. And the quote that, that Rutherford also went on to say was like, he doesn't believe anything about a lame duck coach. And if a players are are not are, are tuning out the coach because they're in a lame duck year then those players will be gone before the coach. Like yeah, to exactly. hear him say that was, was bang on. That was, it was so good to hear just like concise. I, I don't want to even say optimistic. I just want to say like firm quotes about this team where your Canucks fans should be, man, I think we've been saying it since they've come in and, and everything they've done with this management group. Canucks fans should be excited. Cause this is, this is night and day different to what we saw 12 months ago when this team was, or however many months ago it was last year, when we saw the end of the year media availability and like you have to be optimistic as a Canucks fan from what you heard today. If you listen to the whole presser, if you didn't listen to it, we'll play some of the best clips that we found of it uh, for sure. But all in all, like you came out of that press conference today and everybody was, there wasn't like a, a thing that was said that was like, Oh my God, I can't believe he said that. Or even like to, to look at the way that Patrick Alvin speaks and the way that him and Jim Rutherford work together. It's like Alvin gives pretty short answers. And then Rutherford will hear that and he'll be like, oh, I should add this to that. There was multiple times today where Alvin was asked a question. He gave his his answer and then Rutherford was like, well, I'd like to add something to this. And he would throw it in like they work so well together and you could just see that they're in sync. And I hope that that's what is going on with the rest of the AGMs. I think that's the reason why the different uh, assistant general managers were brought in was to have this cohesive unit. And you just you got that feeling in tenfold from what we heard today. And I just have to say, like, I don't know, like, am I too giddy right now? Because I like coming out of that press conference, I feel like that was all of that was what I wanted to hear and more. I mean, you're probably a little bit too giddy, but that's just you. So it's okay. Yeah, I'm giddy all the time. man. (laughs) But, you know, if you're a Canucks fan, when was the last time you heard a press conference from upper management that said, boy, do I feel good about the team? Exactly. Been a long ass time. So we should be excited. We should be giddy about it. Canucks fans should that this is what you wanted to see the the season end like right this is what you wanted to hear from them in the end of the media availability i think the only thing that was kind of up in the air and and they were to me they were completely honest about it was the bruce boudreaux situation we don't know exactly what's going to happen and I, I think they want to get that done before june 1st you could kind of hear that in the tone and the way that jim rutherford spoke about the situation he doesn't want to let it kind of fester and get to a point where we don't know what's coming next they want to get that deal done before june 1st i don't doubt that bruce could probably get two, three years on the open market, but I also think Bruce really likes it here. And again, I I don't want to sound too much like a homer, but I'm just kind of connecting the dots with Bruce yesterday saying, I think they want me back and I want to be back. So I'm hopeful something gets done. If he knows, and you have to assume that Rutherford uh, has been as adamant and honest as he was with us, with Bruce, that he doesn't want to do long-term, you know, you, you have to assume that, Bruce is going to come back on a one-year deal based on uh, what he was saying yesterday. So we'll we'll see what happens. But 
Do you have a clip on uh, Boudreaux, like Jim talking about Boudreaux? Um, like I said, he, he did a terrific job, but he didn't coach a whole season here. And uh, we we would like to see him back and uh, and and work with him on on a few things. Everybody work together to make it better. And that's interesting because, like I said, he also talked about structure. Uh, the Canucks not playing a very structured game, wanting to play a more structured game. Uh, you know, he also said, and I think this was the most interesting thing, Chris, was, you know, yes, he said the Canucks are the worst in the league at breaking out uh, the puck from their own end. But he said, we have defensemen that should be able to do that. So should that be able was to be what, better. Yeah, that was what was really interesting. So that was, that was uh, to me, a very subtle dig at the system. Uh, in place from Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, I felt there was a few. I don't want to like digs. I was probably digs is probably not the right yeah, word, but, I but think, just reflection on the team. Sure, like complete honesty, right? Like yeah. about a few things that that we did hear Rutherford comment that felt like there was certain things pointed towards the coach. But I think that then he would back it up by by really saying that they want Bruce back. They want Bruce to be the coach of this team next year. And and speaking of how the team's going to be coached, he mentioned Bruce multiple times. So like. Uh, Though they did take some shots at at the way the team played, I think that's just the structure of the of how this team was last year. They, they we look at eighty two games and yeah, they were one of the worst teams to to break out. Their defense did have a lot of struggles. They did rely on their goaltender a ton. So all of it, I think, was was fair to say. And I just think that that the situation with Bruce is going to be like it's got to be something that they're going to figure out. I know that June first is the day that they said. But you have to think like with this management group and the way that they operate, I think this is something they want to get done pretty quick here because it seems like both sides are leaning towards Bruce Boudreaux being the coach of the Vancouver Canucks next year. Yeah, and you've got a couple clips here. Uh, Jim Jim Rutherford talking about structure um, with the team and, and about uh, exits as well. Yeah, it was good. It was exciting. It was, uh, um, it was what we were all hoping for, except we didn't quite get across the finish line. But, um, you know, most of the players played uh, to the highest level, to their ability. They played in meaningful games that gave us a chance to watch them. I think if you want to really break it down and, and look at the future of what we got, we'd like to see our team play a more structured game and not depend on our goalie as much. But we certainly feel that there's some enough good players here to continue to build here in the next year or two towards getting to be in a consistent playoff team and a contender. And we've got another clip, zone exits. I think it, it's, it's the structure of the team of how we're going to play to give players a chance when they get in trouble, like – our exits from our defensive zone are not good. Probably one of the worst in the league, okay? And so if we if we have a and, – and I can talk about all zones. I could talk about a lot of things, but just I'll make this one point. Um, you know, defensemen are getting in trouble all the time. There's puck pressure, puck pressure, puck pressure. And I, I'm not saying we have the best defense by no means in the – by no means in the league, but we have defensemen that are certainly capable of playing better if, if they had that structure. When they're in trouble, what what am I supposed to do with the puck? 
instead of just banging up the boards and, you know, they keep it in the zone, bang, it's in our net. So I'm only talking about the defensive zone. I could talk on about the different zones. And it's something that's very fixable, but it's something that the Canucks are going to have to do if we're going to be a consistently good team and not have to rely on our goalie for most games. So nothing we haven't heard before. Definitely something we haven't heard before from management, Chris, but definitely something uh, we have talked about before. Uh, a lot of different onlookers of the team uh, would tell you that the Canucks aren't extremely good at breaking the puck up. But the interesting thing, obviously, is saying they're capable of it. It's fixable. They just need the structure. Yeah. And I mean, like we said, <laughs> he can be very honest at times. Uh, and we did just see that from Jim Rutherford, the way that he spoke about the defense core and, and something that they... Something that was brought up multiple times, and you just heard in the quotes there, was that they can't rely on their goaltender that much, like as much as they had to this season. But every good team has a goaltender that's at the level of Thatcher Demko. And I think that the other thing that he brought up there was that they they do believe this core is the right core. And I don't think that's been the question for Canucks fans, right? It's never been about the core. The core feels like it's, it is the right core that can get you into the playoffs. It's about how you surround it. And I think that's why the structure is brought up so much. It's not going to be about the exact players that you bring in and and what their skill level is. It's going to be about the players that you bring in being able to fit the structure that they want to have as the group that surrounds the core because the core is going to score. The core is going to defend. The core needs to be strong in two-way players that can you know be, be around some of the top scorers in the league when you look at Quinn Hughes on the defense and Elias Pettersson at forward. They are going to need to be the top end players on this team, and they need to be top end players in the league for them to have success. Then you have the goaltender and Demko. That's why I think you brought up structure so much was because if you can build a strong structure of depth behind your stars, that's what's going to get this team to the next level and into a playoff spot. And unfortunately, over the past few years, seven and a half, you could say the surrounding core around the top players, that's been the problem. So I'm expecting to see a lot more changeover than we kind of expected. And it's going to me like to me, it's going to be around the depth. It's going to be there's obviously going to be like to me, there's a big name that does end up getting moved at some point this summer. But I wonder what the depth, what, you know, the the guys playing on the third line who are your PK guys are doing or if there's a player on the fourth line, that's a power play specialist. Like, how are they going to build that part of the team? Because that's the part that that really needs the most reconstructing. Like the defense obviously needs some work. And if you can move around some money and bring in some players that make sense, still the biggest piece has to be a guy that can play with Quinn Hughes. But the one where I think we're going to see a ton of change is going to be what they do with, with the third and fourth lines. Cause they have players like Niels Hugland or Vasily pod Colson that could make sense there. But can you build a line that makes a lot of sense and be something that fits the structure? Like something that fits the structure they mentioned multiple times. That's what they're going to have to do to this team. And uh, it's going to be a busy offseason. I, I just like I'm expecting things to I don't know if I like happen quick, but when things start happening for this team, when we start to see this roster come together, it's going to be fast and furious. Once once a move starts going, I think it's just going to be like a floodgates opening up and we're going to see a lot of change to this organization here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We'll cut to break. Our main goal today was just to get this out as fast as possible. Saturday's episode, we're going to break down the Boudreaux situation, a lot more that was discussed in this press conference. But on the other side, we're going to talk a lot about Abbotsford. We're going to talk about the development uh, because you had some good questions to both Jim uh, and Patrick about this. So keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. 
And before we go any further into the episode, want to give a shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 Beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now, we want to give a quick shout out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Pink Can. Something good about those cans there, Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores across BC and Alberta. And a massive thank you to Parallel 49 Brewing for sponsoring the podcast. Now, Chris, uh, as I kind of alluded to before the break there, um, you were talking with Alvin and Rutherford about you know NCAA European prospects, uh, the prospect development camp. We'll get to that in the prospects report. But... Abbotsford. Abbotsford kicks off the playoffs tonight uh, against the Bakersfield Condors in Bakersfield. I mean, we'll get to the team itself soon, but what did you take away from what you heard from Jim and Patrick today about the Abbotsford Canucks? Yeah, so something I've heard Ryan Johnson say uh, multiple times when I've had conversations with him in the last month is that they're so happy and so proud and that they were able to bring the AHL organization not only like close to Vancouver, but to the province of British Columbia. Like that is something that I think means a lot to Francesco Aquilini. Uh, it obviously means a lot to Ryan Johnson. It's something he's talked about where, you know, they want to be involved in the Abbotsford minor hockey community. They want to be in the Fraser Valley. They want to be out there with kids and stuff like that. And to have that group here was something that there was a great quote from Jim Rutherford. I'll just read it out here because I did tweet it out. Um, And so this is Rutherford talking about the Abbotsford Canucks. He said, this could be the best franchise in the American Hockey League over time. Francesco first came and talked to me, and that was a priority for a number of things that we talked about. The importance of having a franchise here in British Columbia. And how it's gone so far has already done really good in its first year. But to make sure that it's not only good, but that we make it better and better. And make sure we have good players and we have a good team every year. So it's very important to our franchise. What a different talk about the AHL team from what we saw in Utica. When it was like, hey, Jim Benning's going to go out there for the first time in three years. Like... What it's that is a one hundred percent change a a one hundred hundred and eighty degree shift from what they changed. I mean, like to have that sort of support for your AHL team is going to be massive. It's it's super important, and that was something that it was like that was something that I actually thought that like Jim Benning and, and his management group did a really good job of was putting a lot of very skilled players out there in Abbotsford to make them a winning team, make them a playoff team, surround the the small amount of top end prospects that they have there with some of these guys like Justin Bailey's, Phil DiGiuseppe, uh, the Sheldons, like to surround your players like Jack Rathbone, and Daniela Klinovich with these guys is really positive. And we've obviously seen that because now look at the Canucks fan base. They're all dialed into Abbotsford for what we're about to see in the playoff run here. But I, I thought that it was, it was really good to hear that there was that much investment in Abbotsford to hear there's going to be upgrades out there. I was, you know, I'm, I'm really happy because I do think it does does good things for the hockey community in British Columbia. It does amazing things for the Fraser Valley. And I think that was something that we kind of saw move around with some of the other dates, which we'll get to in just a little bit here. But for myself, like I'm, I'm deep into Abbotsford, right? Like this is obviously something that I follow closely. I'm curious what your thoughts were when you heard the kind of talk and, and really positive things from my point of view as someone who is like deep into Abbotsford for you, just covering the organization 
What did you think about the AHL conversations that were had today? Well, here's the thing, right? We go from the comments, and like you said, every three years, Jim Benning, it seemed like, would check in with the team and see what's going on down there. But when you have the Abbotsford Canucks, we've already talked about how uh, just the location alone, right, Chris, has has made players from the dub, uh, you know, different free agents want to sign in Abbotsford. You didn't have that in Utica, right? So now you have that in Abbotsford. Now you're improving the facilities as well. And you're, you're making an organizational commitment that you want to be one of the best teams in the league. Like you look at a team like the Toronto Marlies, that's what I look, look at and say the Canucks want that. Like that's what they want. They want to have, uh, you know, one of the most well-respected, well-run AHL organizations uh, in the league. And, you know, that's going to translate to NHL success at some point. Yeah. And I think even just to look at like the development, like you heard how they spoke about Ryan Johnson today. You heard both of them, both of Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford sing Ryan Johnson's praises. Like they loved what he was able to do this year. And it's like, great. That's a really good first step. Let's see what he can do when he's into year two of having all this support from the organization, what he's able to do when we get a chance to see the players from Europe come over. Can he get Dmitry Zlodiev out of Russia so that he can come to a prospect camp or maybe join the AHL team? Can he get Lucas Forcell, the 19-year-old kid, to get here for a prospects camp? These are the questions now that there's support and that COVID's kind of, I don't, I don't want to say over, but at a point where we're feeling pretty comfortable about being able to bring people from other countries here for prospects camp and things like that. Now it's like they're they're talking about all these behind the scene things that Ryan Johnson's doing so well as the AHL general manager and the director of player development. Now we get to see it because COVID's not going to have so many restrictions. What can Ryan Johnson do for these prospect camps, for the development camps, for Young Stars Classic? Like this is time for us to see the fruits of his labor come to fruition here and I'm excited because a lot of NHL teams haven't had the opportunity to to develop their prospects over the past two years in a way that I'm sure they'd like. But a lot of teams still have been able to do it. You know, the Rangers are still holding camps where they invite a ton of NCAA players uh, before the season started. I saw Boston had one as well. And then, hey, look, look at where all the free agents out of the NCAA go to sign. These teams that they went to their camps, and that was something that they addressed was like, we want to be able to help guys like Linus Carlson, who I've, I swear on the broadcast they call him Linus Carlson, but... <laughs> Patrick Alvin, who is Swedish, said Linus. So I'm switching back to Linus <laughs> now, uh, even though I have heard Linus Carlson in the SHL for sure. Anyways, um, sorry, Patrick Alvin. Faber's better at Swedish. Yeah, I was you. just going to be like, what are we like? That's my fault. <laughs> are you are we sure it's not Linus? And he'd be like, no, get this guy out of my face. Yeah, you're done. Uh, no, I think that like to see what's going to happen here. I'm so excited that they're able to bring back the, the prospect and development camp, which we'll get to in a minute, but I guess I'll touch on uh, the AHL playoffs right now. And again, I, I like to throw it back to you on some of these action quads, because like, what's the thing before I go off here, <laughs> the AHL playoffs, what is like, give me a couple things that you're looking forward to over the next two days here, as we see them start their playoffs with back to backs. And then Disney on ice comes into fricking town. And they're not going to be playing until Monday if there's a game three. What are you What are you looking forward to here over the next week of of AHL hockey? It's Vasily Pod Colson. Right. Like I, I'm actually watching the game tonight because not only do I want to see Spencer Martin, uh, but Vasily Pod Colson. Right, like that's playoff experience. And again, uh, the two guys, Jim and Patrick talked about this right like they talked about uh vasily pod and getting that playoff experience and you know 
he looks like a full-time NHLer, but it's not going to hurt him to get this AHL playoff experience, right? It's yeah. going to be good for him uh, in the long run. So I think that's the main thing uh, that I and any you know Vancouver Canucks fan uh, who doesn't necessarily pay as much attention to the AHL uh, would be looking for in those playoffs. Yeah, so I, I'll get into the series just a little bit, the game that we're going to see on the ice. So Abbotsford has a pretty good record against Bakersfield when they play in Bakersfield, I think 3-1. Three wins and one loss uh, in the games that they played in Bakersfield this season. So that's not a worry of mine. I also think that the way that they've beefed up and the way that Edmonton hasn't been able to beef up their AHL team because they're in the playoffs, the Canucks should run away with this series. Even though they're they're the lower-seeded team, they have added the six players from the NHL that have come down. I, I don't think all six are fully healthy and going to play. Um, but it does it does sound like there is going to be a big boost. Pod Colson will play. Uh, Patan, I'm expecting to play. Uh, Drys, I'm expecting to play. Martin, I'm expecting to see start. Uh, and Seelaws could be in the mix somewhere as a third goaltender. I'm not exactly sure the status of Will Lockwood. It'll be interesting to see what happened. We didn't see him in the in the final few NHL games there. Uh, I know that he did travel with the team. Like he's down in Bakersfield right now. But like I said, we we didn't see him in those final NHL games with the Vancouver Canucks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Lockwood if they can add him as another boost to this lineup. They the the top six of Abbotsford now is so strong. Like they should be dominating in this game. And they had a really tough look to finish out the season with those two losses against Manitoba Moose, but they got to come out and look like the much better team from the second that the pucks dropped here in the playoffs. Their defense core is strong. Like Guillaume Breeze, while Ashton Sautner, Noah Juleson, Jack Rathbone, Madison Bowie, Devonte Stevens. Those are going to be the six for me. And that's, that's an interesting six names to hear because I didn't mention Jet Wu who has been playing forward lately. And I mean, that's, that's not, um, not a great look for the, the, the crew, like the crew of people that think Jet Wu is going to be in the NHL top next year. Top right defense prospect. He is. I mean, he is the Vancouver Canucks' top right defense prospect. And, and he's he, not playing right defense. He will not. He, there's a chance. Like there's a chance no, he, he cracks. Won't. No, you don't, don't even help me. You've got Juleson, Devontae Stevens. See this, this, no, this is perfect. Cause people listening to the show right uh-huh. now, know that you completely zoned out because I just said all six of them like ah, I only got 10 two. seconds before you tried to say that you're sitting on your phone you're on TikTok no swiping up and I'm down. doing Canucks army stuff no I'm doing you're important I've work. seen you you got the friggin Addison Ray over there spinning around with her hands no, or whatever I don't, I don't know what you're know looking at that is anyways yes it's gonna be tough Jet Wu I don't I don't think he's gonna be in the opening right roster but we are going to see back-to-back games and like that benefits the Canucks because they can bring in a guy like Jet Wu if there's a bad night for one of their defensemen. They can also bring in their backup goaltender in Mikey DiPietro if there's a bad night. The only thing that like the Condors really have going for them is is Stuart Skinner is like a really good AHL goalie. Like he's yeah. very good in the AHL, and he had the Canucks' number uh, when the Canucks were were really down due to COVID like Skinner played some ridiculously good games against a really bad Canucks lineup, but this Canucks lineup is so different. I'm excited to see uh, what they look like in this game against Bakersfield on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, we'll have the wrap up. We got Cody Sievertson uh, back with us at Canucks army for the, for the playoff run. Super pumped for that. And uh, we'll have some more coverage. I know as well, uh, even on Friday's show, we might be able to check in with somebody from Abbotsford, get him on the show here. Uh, probably won't do Jack since he's been on the show more than harm has, but we'll, we'll get something, uh, for the Saturday show for sure. Coming up here. Okay. Uh, quickly before we get to your prospect support, who's the sleep pod Colson going to play with, or did you already Man. say that? <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Um, I, I don't know. Like I Okay, so there has I, been, I was asking if there was line rushes. No, I'm what I'm hoping for, and by the time a lot of people hear this, the game's probably already happened, but it'd be great to see him play with the two Sheldons. Like he sh- you know, Sheldon drives and Sheldon Rempel. I hope they get right back together. They were they're a pair that makes a lot of sense and plays so well together. You put Pod Colson with them. I mean, those are your two best AHL players, and you're playing them with now now the best player on that AHL team is Vasily Pod Colson. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Like that line would be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the Sheldons play with Pod Colson if that's who they're with. And like the other thing that's exciting, just to like talk about the the lineup a little bit, is now you have Danila Klimovich playing fourth line minutes, playing on a fourth line that has a lot of skill uh, because of other players being moved down the lineup. Like John Stevens had an excellent season. He had a career year where he scored like three times as many points as he ever has before. Like John Stevens has taken a huge step in the right direction as a guy who was like the the PK brother between him and and Nolan Stevens last year uh, in the HL. So now John Stevens is like moving down into a third line role. You're going to have Chase Waters probably playing with Daniela Klimovich like top to bottom. This forward group is strong in the HL. The defense core is really strong. The goaltendings might be one of the best in the HL. This man, it would like I'm hyped about it because it, it should be a long run. But also, if the Abbotsford Canucks don't go on a deep Calder Cup run here, it is a huge disappointment because they have all the pieces to do it. It would be a massive disappointment if they don't go on a run here because they have so much talent. They have depth. They have goaltending. They have good defense. They have strong forwards, some of the best in the league, top scorers, one of the best top three power plays in the AHL. They they're set to go on a long run. They they have to go on a long run, and that would be great for the Canucks fan base. It'd be great for us. It'd be great for the Abbotsford Center. The Aquilini's making some money, so they can blow down some of those walls out there in Abbotsford, like they mentioned. Like they got to go on a run. There's I don't know if you want to call it pressure, but there you probably do. Like there should be a lot of pressure on what you should see over the next month here with the Abbotsford Canucks. Okay. Prospect support, I'll kick it off uh, with some key dates. Uh, May 9th to 12th, the amateur scouting meetings. Uh, the NHL entry draft, obviously July 7th to 8th. Development prospect camp at UBC Ooh, yeah. in Vancouver. You're going to be covering that. I'm probably going to take vacation that week, and I'm not even joking. I think that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, I'm excited for development camp to have that back. Like, you know, that's what I asked, and I'll get to the question here. The, the, what I asked Patrick Alvin today was, are we expecting to see all of the players that that other teams are bringing. Like, are we going to see Aiden McDonough? Are we going to see uh, Dimitri Zlodiev? Probably a little bit of a tougher situation with Russia. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. That's not out of my out of my realm of knowledge. But is Lucas Forsell going to be here? Is Hugo Gabrielson going to be here? Are they going to get the guys out of Sweden? Are there going to be some unsigned and signed prospects that we see here? And that's kind of what he answered here. I'll just play the clip from Alvin. So I asked him, are we expecting to see all of the NCAA and European prospects here for the development camp that is in the middle of July? Definitely. Uh, obviously, it's been tough for the last couple of years with COVID, but uh, that's a plan. Uh, Cammy Granado and, and Ryan Johnson and Chris Higgins uh, has been working on that. So that's a plan to have all our uh, um, unsigned and signed draft picks here. So what do you make of that, Chris? Like, what do you make of that answer? And I guess as we wrap up here, what do you make of the talk they had about prospects as a whole? I think it's good news. Like I said, they gave so much praise to Ryan Johnson that it's time for him to now show it with, with these things in the summer, the young stars, classic development and prospect camp, get these players here. You know, I obviously, I hear a lot that, 
you know, Ryan Johnson and Chris Higgins are the only two people talking to prospects a lot of the time. I haven't checked in lately, but one of the names that was brought up was Cami Granado, also getting involved with a lot of these prospects that are draft picks of the Vancouver Canucks, whether they're signed or unsigned. So this should be a really good event. This should be a six-day prospect and development camp where the Canucks can finally, finally see a guy like Aiden McDonough in blue and green. Can they see a guy like Hugo Gabrielson come over and, and you know look good in a Canucks jersey? Like this, this is really good for for the Canucks organization to get their European prospects over here, see what it's like. You know, maybe get out to Abbotsford and see what it could be like in the AHL. Like I, I think of guys like you know like Zlodiev and, and Forcell and these players that the Canucks have drafted. Where it, there's a big decision for a lot of these European prospects of like, should I? is this the year where I go over to the AHL and try it? Like, or, or does it make sense for me to stay in Sweden and be like an SHL player for another two years before I maybe make the jump to the NHL? Like show them what, what the path is like through the AHL. If you want to do it that way, like there's a lot of hype obviously around Lucas Forcell, And he's an example I'll use as a guy who's 18 years old and is signed for two more years in the SHL he is going to have a big decision to make when he's 20. Like, does he want to go back to the SHL? Is he, is he a top line player in the SHL at that time? Or is he a player who wants to come over here and try, try his hand at the AHL? And now he's going to have two off seasons to make a decision before his contract needs to be renewed in Sweden of like, okay, I get to go over this summer. That's great. Let's see what the, what this is all about. I've heard a lot about this through Chris Higgins and Ryan Johnson, but now you can see it. You can put on the Canucks jersey. You can put on the logo, see what it's like, see what the coaches are like, what they expect from you. And like, that's massive, man. Like that is uh, something that the Canucks organization has really missed through COVID. And they need to, they need to do everything they can to get like all of these prospects there in the middle of July out to UBC to show them what this organization is all about now under the tutelage of Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine and and everybody else involved in that management group. They need to showcase these prospects what Vancouver is all about, what the organization is all about, what the city is all about, everything. Show that they are committing to making the AHL team the best in the AHL. Like tell them that. Show them this quote that Jim Rutherford said and now like go out and do it. Be like, "Hey, you know, we'd love to get you over to the AHL and see what you do instead of playing in the SHL for another year because we're the best. We spend a lot of money in the AHL. We 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 make sure that you have the best training facilities, the best coaches. We make our AHL team the best in the league for a reason. And it should be to bring over these guys from Europe and make it an easy decision for, you know, for Dmitry Zlodiev to leave Russia and come to the AHL or make it an easy decision for a, for a Linus Carlson, which is how you say it. Apparently make it an easy decision for him to come over here. Like that would be great or make it a, a better decision for Aiden McDonough. Like who, who a lot of people expected were going to come out this year before he decided to go back for another year. If you have like an unbelievable AHL situation, does he come out this year? Maybe. Like, you don't know. I think that that's another situation. Now you have to go into the situation where McDonough is, when he finishes a season, he's a couple months away from being a free agent and can sign with whoever the hell he wants. Yep. If you can show them that your AHL organization is that good, man, like that's a huge boost. So now they got to put, you know, put their money where the mouth is, put the rubber on the road. Is that what they say? Sure. Do that. Showcase what you can do at these development camps. This is a big, Big situation, big summer, and then very busy summer for for the Canucks moving forward here. Yeah, I think you you summed it up best. Uh, well, 
have an answer because Tuesday and Wednesday evening, game one and two between the Abbotsford Canucks and Bakersfield Condors, uh, we'll know if there's going to be a game three. Again, that one will also take place in Bakersfield. On Monday. Uh, yeah, we'll know about that on Saturday's episode. And like I said, on Saturday's episode, we're going to really uh, you know, go in on the uh, Bruce Boudreaux situation and kind of look at it from all perspectives, maybe chat with a couple guests. Uh, and, Touch and on the – let's do the final dates here, the Young Stars Classic as well. Yeah, you wrap um, it up. So September 14th to 18th. Uh, the Young Stars is returning to Penticton. I know they mentioned there's three teams in total right now, and they're looking for a fourth. Yeah. Um, so Vancouver being one of them. So there's three teams right now that are interested. Loved uh, Rutherford's answer too. Just like I don't know what they're thinking about. Like it's a Young yeah, Stars yeah. tournament. Like, like I don't know. I don't know what else there is to think about. Yeah, like get them here. So like that's not of the, um, a, you know, a situation I think teams should think about. A lot. It'd be great to have more teams out there in Penticton and have some really good games. You'll see the Vancouver Canucks's first round pick at that. Uh, at that tournament, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's out in Penticton, so I'm bringing the golf clubs too. Um, and then the final thing, I guess, before the season gets going is Canucks training camp announced uh, two days. Very short little training camp, but it's going to be out in Whistler, so that's going to be a lot of fun too. I know you get your uh, your fix on the Sunny Chibas out there too. Oh, baby, I'm excited. I'm I got excited. a spot for you too. I don't know what the – I don't know. I forget what it's called here, but uh, up in the Whistler Village, just spent like probably the most expensive meal I've ever bought. Okay. But it was excellent. It was like smoked chicken. Mm. on some pasta excellent stuff yum okay we'll close it out there for my co-host chris faber my name is david quadrelli thank you so much for listening to another episode of the canucks conversation thanks for listening to canucks conversation delivered by doordash hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode how about keep it to a thank you jim Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.